good morning. Is it warm enough for you? Really welcome to Second Jamar this morning, whether you're here in person or online visiting. Our member for church family, really good to have you amongst us this morning. Do you remember uh, our services begin at 11 a.m. up until the end of August? We're asking you to come along early. Services are shorter. PCA continues to formally recommend and encourage use of face coverings at all services of worship. Use the hand sanitizer, please, as you enter and leave, or use your own. We keep our seats as we sing, and we can sing softly. One toilet soap, and that's the ladies, as you enter the hall from the street entrance. And please wait in your seats uh, after the service is over and follow the steward's directions as to when and how to leave at the end. Once outside, you're free to chat in the car park, but do keep that two-metre social distance, please. We hope God willing to run some family-friendly events over the summer at the end of July and also the beginning of September. So do please keep an eye out on our church Facebook page and website for those. And also we hope to run some summer activities for our teenagers again. Keep a look out for those. Uh, our midweek prayer meeting continues until the end of July on Zoom at 8 o'clock. That's a prayer meeting only. Then Rebecca is in the middle of uh, doing schism at Cranfield. She has one week done and another week left, and I'm sure uh, Rebecca would appreciate people's prayers for that. Well, today we're looking at Psalm 1, uh, and it raises all kinds of questions, like, for example, can people influence us away from Jesus? Or what should I do if I find myself drifting further away from Jesus? Or I can see a here and now picture as I look at the world. And that here and now picture seems to suggest that people who are far from God have the best life. So how does Psalm 1 provide a more balanced picture as it helps me to see an eternal picture? Or how can I find eternal safety and true delight? Hopefully Psalm 1 will answer some of those questions for us because the big message of Psalm 1 is this. Choose the right way for now and forever. And Jesus encourages us to choose the right way for now and forever when he says this of himself in John 10 and verse 10. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So here's an old hymn that reinforces that we need God to guide us in the right way both now and forever. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. We keep our seats as we sing.
Well, let's take a, a minute to pray. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, we're conscious as we gather together today to worship you with other people that there are two ways to go in life. Someone tells us there's your way and there's the world that has turned its back on Jesus' way. There's the right way and there's the wrong way. And Father, we admit and because we, we know our own hearts and we pray we'd know them better, but we admit that, that naturally, Lord, we want to go our own way. We want to go the world's way. Because that's the easy way. And to sinful hearts such as we have, that's the attractive way to make our own plans to do our own thing. Not, Lord God, to have to follow you and go your way and live the way uh, you say we should live. And Lord, as we look around us at wider society, that seems to be the way that most people are going to. Indeed, Father, it often seems to us that the people who thrive most and do best in this world are people who are far from you. That's our here and now perspective. And so, Father, we thank you for the really helpful and eternal perspective that Psalm 1 gives us, that lives without Jesus are chaff lives blown away forever in the wind of your eternal judgment. And so, Father, if we're on that wrong road, if we're not following Jesus, help us to see that is the wrong road. And help us, Lord, in humility today to bow before Jesus for the very first time and make him our King, our Lord, and trust in his death on the cross to forgive our sins and make us right with you. And Father, if we already are on that right road, then encourage us that we are like, as Psalm 1 puts it, that tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Thank you, Father, that the way to a fruitful life now and forever, the way, Lord God, to a delightful life now and forever, that the way to a secure life now and forever, is by trusting and by loving, by following, by treasuring your Son, the Lord Jesus. And Father, if we are on that right road, then encourage us today that no matter what others may say or how others may live or how it may even look to us, that Father, Psalm 1 and the, and the whole of your word, the Bible, makes it really clear that the way to the, the best life there is, life to the full now and forever, is only found in coming to you through your Son, the Lord Jesus. So, Father, bless our time together, whether we're here in person or online. Speak to us through your word, the Bible. Bless every aspect of the service. May it be filled, Lord God, with our praises to you. May it bring great glory, honor, and praise to you, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And may it also be a means of your blessing and grace to us too. And Father, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, the Bible book of Psalms we're looking at this Sunday and next Sunday is all about coming to God and rejoicing in him. Now, uh, we're going to bookend uh, the book of Psalms. So today we're looking at Psalm 1 that Alan's going to read for us in a second or two. 
And then we're going to next Sunday morning look at the last psalm, Psalm 150, because I kind of reckon if we know what the first psalm in the Psalter is about, and then the last psalm in the Psalter is about, that will kind of bookend the whole psalms for us and give us a really clear picture of what the psalms are about. So Alan's just going to come now and read Psalm 1 that's all about coming to God, and then next Sunday we'll think about rejoicing in God. So Psalm 1, Alan Marshall will read that for us. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that blow away in the wind. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Thanks very much, Alan. Thank you. Um, boys and girls and big people, um, our young adults group were in Castlewell Park on uh, Friday night. And I already had this children's talk prepared before then, but it fits in really well to what we were doing on Friday night because uh, we, we didn't take uh, this road when we were in the park in Castlewell on Friday night, but when we were there, we could easily have gone into the maze at Castlewell. Like, for every age you are, stick up your hand if you've ever been in Castlewell and Forest Park maze. Big people, wee people, don't care what age you are. Some of you haven't been in it. Oh, you should really check that out this summer. It's a brilliant place to be. Now, we haven't been in the maze in Castlewell and Forest Park for absolutely ages. And the problem with that is that I now forget the right road to take. And you see, and you'll find this if you haven't done it before, uh, the maze in Castlewell and Park, or if you have, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's so easy when you get to the maze in Castlewell and Forest Park, it's so easy to take the wrong road. It's really easy to take the wrong road in Castlewell and Forest Park. And Psalm 1 that Alan has just read for us is a bit like the maze in Castlewell and Forest Park. Okay, so whenever you pick your Psalm 1, I want you to picture the maze in Castlewell and Forest Park if you've ever been there, okay? And if you haven't, I'm sure you can picture another maze that you've been part of. And Psalm 1 is all about the right road, and it's all about the wrong road to take. And I'm going to start off with the wrong road, okay? So just picture Castlewell and Maze. Uh, in the forest park there, and picture the wrong road here in Psalm 1. And what does this wrong road do? Well, here's what it does. It takes us further and further away from Jesus. I mean, at the maze in Castlewell and Park, you want to get to the center. But if you take the wrong road, it takes you further and further away from the center, further and further away from where you're supposed to be. And that's what Psalm 1 says it's like when we take the wrong road. It takes us further and further away from Jesus. Here's what verse 1 says. Blessed 
or, or actually means happy. Happy because we know Jesus now and forever. Blessed is the one who doesn't walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. It's all about drifting further and further and further away from Jesus because you're on the wrong road. Just like in the maze, if you go the wrong way, it takes you further and further in the wrong direction. And that wrong road, it leads somewhere. Where does it lead? Well, here's where it leads. The wrong road leads to the wrong place. The wrong road leads to being lost from Jesus forever. Not so the wicked, verses 4 and 5 say, they're like chaff. And that's just kind of wee small particles that surround a husk of barley that really, really aren't worth anything. Not so the wicked, they're like chaff, the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked, that's people who won't follow Jesus, will not stand in God's judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous people who are right with God. Being lost forever, boys and girls and big people, is clearly the wrong road to be on. So that's the wrong road, okay? It takes us further and further away from Jesus, and it ends up at the wrong place, the place that nobody wants to end up in, being lost from Jesus forever. And someone's really clear about that. That's the wrong road. Okay. Back to the maze again in Castlewell and Forest Park. We can go the wrong road for sure. But thankfully, at the maze in Castlewell and Park, we can also go on the right road. And the right road is the absolute opposite to the wrong road. Okay? And I mean, for example, the right road takes us closer and closer to Jesus. Oh, I'm way too far. Save the ice cream for a wee second. It's getting warm. Uh, the, ro- the right road takes us closer and closer to Jesus. So if you go to the maze at Castle Wellen and you get on the right road, it's going to take you closer and closer to the centre where you're supposed to be. And it's like that in our lives. If we trust in Jesus, it's going to take us closer and closer to him. Verse 2, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Meditates means it's like to munch on the Bible. You know the way... So, there we are. Uh, now, on, on, uh, on Friday night, after we'd finished in the, the forest park with the young adults group, we went to Nugalato, and it was gorgeous. But we might easily, and we did talk about this, we might easily have ended up in Mauds in Newcastle. And, you know, munching on Mauds ice cream, or munching on Pooh Bear ice cream, let's say, especially, because it's the most famous one, munching on Pooh Bear gives you a taste of Mauds, Okay? And just like munching on Pooh Bear gives you a taste of mods, so munching on God's Word, the Bible, gives you a taste of God. And that's what we have this morning as we're thinking about this right road and getting closer to Jesus. We've got a wee taste of Jesus here. And it's really good and it's really fantastic. So the right road brings us closer to Jesus. And then the right road is also opposite to the wrong road in this way. The right road is opposite to the wrong road because of where it it takes us out to, where the destination is. Because the right road also has a destination. And here's where it is. Being with Jesus forever. And verse 3 says that person, that's that person who's trusting in Jesus. That person is like a tree. And they picture this because it's been so warm this week and we can really understand this. Okay, that person trusting in Jesus is like a tree planted by streams of water. This week, we've all been roasted. I mean, we all say, don't we, in the winter, boys, I wish the summer would come. 
And what happens when the summer comes for you? Oh, I'm too... Oh, isn't it warm? Are you warm? But I think it's even warmer today than yesterday. And we do this and we go, oh, it's so warm. And, and we're absolutely roasted. So what do we do on a really warm day? We drink loads and loads of water. And that's what this tree is doing. It's drinking loads and loads of water because it's planted right beside the, the stream. That person who follows Jesus is like a tree planted by streams of water. And what does that do? As it takes up uh, the, the water through its roots, what does that do? It yields its fruit in season, so it yields lots of fruit. And its leaf, whose leaf does not wither. There is a person who's going to be with Jesus, blessed by Jesus forever. So, big people, boys and girls, here's good reasons to come off the wrong road, for sure. And here's good reasons to come on to the right road by loving and following Jesus. And I've got a really simple question for all of us this morning. It's really simple, but really important. Which road are you on? I'm going to ask that to everybody here this morning, in person or online. Which road are you on? Are you on the right road? Because you're following Jesus? Or are you on the wrong road? Because you're not following Jesus. So, as you think about that, let me ask you another question. Do you need to change roads by beginning to love Jesus and follow him? Do you need to change roads? Will you change roads today by trusting in Jesus? Let's just pray. Father, there's a right road and there's a wrong road. If we're on the wrong road, help us to be humble enough to see that, Lord. And moved by your love and work in our hearts to come on to Jesus' side, to love and follow him. And if we're on the right road, encourage us, Lord. Help us to grow good fruit in our lives for you as you are at work within us. To encourage us and strengthen us and refresh us. And help us to love Jesus more. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a, a song for the boys and girls. It's all about the fact we need to come off the wrong road and choose to be on the right road by loving and following Jesus. We keep our seats and sing, I have decided to follow Jesus.
best decision you'll ever make to come onto the right road and decide to follow Jesus. Holly's going to come now and help us to pray for other people. And as Holly comes up, just to remind the Kirk session of our short meeting uh, after this morning service. Thanks, Holly. Let us pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that we're able to meet here together this beautiful Sunday morning. We pray that you will help us open and still our hearts, Lord, and that we will be filled with your presence this morning. Lord, we thank you for the number of vaccines that are being administered and that that number is continuing to increase. We especially come in thanks, Lord, for the walk-in vaccination centres that have been operating and those that will be opening in the near future. We pray, Lord, that these will help more and more people to be vaccinated. And we pray as well, Lord, for those organising the centres and those administering the vaccines. Lord, we pray for all the different organisations that will be starting up again within church. We thank you, God, that this is a possibility and that plans can be put in place. We pray for all the preparation that is going on especially all of the extra forms that have to be filled in and planning that has to be carried out due to COVID. And we pray as well, Lord, for all those who are involved. Lord, we bring to you all who are suffering in our local community at this time. We pray, Lord, for those who are struggling, whether that be financially, spiritually, emotionally or physically. Lord, we pray that they will draw close to you and that they will be able to find strength and peace through you. We thank you, Lord, that you are bigger than any problem that we may face. Lord, that you want us to call upon you for help and for guidance. We pray, Lord, for our leaders, for our local government, and for the leaders across the world. We pray that you will give them wisdom to make the difficult decisions, especially, Lord, to do with COVID at this time. We pray for countries, Lord, for which vaccine rollouts are still very low. We pray, Lord, that this will soon change. We pray as well, Lord, for those making decisions within Second Jamara. We pray for those who are in any sort of role of leadership. Lord, any decision that they make will be made with you central to it, Lord. Lord, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, Holly. Now, I was reminded as I was getting this talk ready of a poem that I learned in school uh, many, many years ago. And some of you may have learned this poem in school too. It's by an American poet called Robert Frost. And uh, part of it very famously goes like this. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference and uh, frost asked a really key question about life he kind of said well uh, how do you want to live what road do you want to travel on what's your life what do you want your life to be like and that's pretty much what psalm one is about that's the question psalm one addresses um psalm one is the first psalm in the 150 Psalm Psalter or Book of Psalms. And way back in Old Testament times, there was the temple. And to get into the temple, there were these guys you had to go past, and they were called Levites. 
They were from the tribe of Levi. And to get into the temple, you had to go past these Levites. And these Levites were like doorkeepers into God's temple. And, and the people who got into God's temple were those who were right with God. And the Levites were there as kind of doorkeepers to ensure that was the case. And Psalm 1 is like a Levite or a doorkeeper to the whole book of Psalms. For we can meet God through the Psalms if we know him. If we know him in our hearts. If we're trusting in his son Jesus. And it's kind of got this description of two roads that we mentioned to the boys and girls earlier on. And the challenge of Psalm 1 is really simple but really important. Choose which road you live your life on. Choose which road you travel on. So that's kind of Psalm 1. Choose the right way for now and forever. That's the big message of Psalm 1. And then next week, we're going to look at the last Psalm in the book of Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm 150. And it's all about rejoicing in God. And I kind of thought, well, I've got two Sundays before I go off on holidays. If we kind of look at Psalm 1, the doorway to the Psalms, and Psalm 150, the very last Psalm in the Psalter, that's bookending the Psalms. And if we can do that, that helps us to understand what the whole book of Psalms is about. Because the big message, I think, of the book of Psalms is Psalm 1, coming to God, and Psalm 150, rejoicing in God. So the whole of the Psalms, I think, Psalm 1 to Psalm 150, are all about coming to God and rejoicing in Him. And if you look at the book of Psalms through that kind of lens, I think it will help you get a good handle on every Psalm in the Psalter. Coming to God and rejoicing in Him, that's the big message of Psalm 1 right through to Psalm 150. But let's kind of home in then on Psalm 1 this morning. Choose the right way for now and forever. And we start off with this. Uh, we're blessed if we are not influenced by the wrong crowd. Uh, and the, verse, the message of, of verse 1 is crystal clear. Blessed is the one, or blessed is he, who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way the sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Blessed means to be truly happy. To be truly happy because we know God, and we know God's blessings in our lives each day and forever. But, but as you read Psalm, if you read verse 1 of Psalm 1, there's like a, a regression. There's like a starting at the top and going further and further and further down. Further and further and further away from God. That's the, the picture of verse 1. Because it's kind of, it's easy to begin, almost casually if you like, to be influenced by people who are far from God and to, to listen to their advice. And that's what verse 1 says when it talks about walking in counsel with them. It means listening to the advice of people who are far from God. That's the first step on the slippery slope. I mean, quite often after a football match, you'll see players gather together in a huddle. And if you watch in the huddle, or you'll maybe see this as they go into extra time. You might have seen that in the Euros. Players gather together in the huddle. And in the huddle, there's usually one key person. And they are like the influencer. And they are giving advice. And they are motivating and cajoling everybody else in that huddle. They are influencing them. And the other people are listening and taking aboard what they say. So whose advice do you listen to? Whose advice shapes your life? 
whose advice dictates how you live your life, the choices you make every day? Do you listen to the advice? Do you shape your life by godly people? Or do you shape your life by the advice that you get from ungodly people? You see, the more the main people in our lives advising us are far from God people, the more they will influence us away from God. That's the message of, of verse 1 of Psalm 1. And we've got to be aware of that. Now for another step further downhill, another step further from God. Because before we know it, we are identifying ourselves with people who are far from God. That's what verse 1 means when it says to stand in the way that sinners take. It means to identify yourself with that crowd. To identify yourself with the crowd that's going far from God. Just take a moment to consider the crowd that you are a part of. Is it the right crowd? Are, are you comfortable as being part of that crowd? Many years ago, um, I was part of a crowd I was really uncomfortable with. Um, as we took, as I was an officer in the company section of our BB, First Kilkeel Company, and we, we took our boys over to a Premier League football match. And because most of the other officers supported Liverpool, I know it's terrible, uh, and uh, they said, well, we want to take the boys over to see Liverpool play, but you'll not come. Because they all know I was united to the last. And I said, of course I'll come for the boys, and I'll come for the crack and the banter. And so there I was, sitting in the cop end at Anfield, in the Liverpool end, surrounded by thousands of Liverpool supporters, and me a united supporter. So I was part of that crowd, but my heart wasn't in it. In fact, they almost cheered from the opposition team scored first. I'll never forget it. Had a, that was a dangerous moment. So I was part of that crowd, but my heart wasn't in it, you see. And maybe like me sitting with the Liverpool fans, as a follower of Jesus, maybe you are part of a crowd that you can't do anything about. I mean, we're all part of all kinds of crowds, aren't we? So maybe as a follower of Jesus, you're part of a crowd you can't do anything about through your family, your work colleagues, and so on, and they're far from Jesus. And those are crowds that we are part of. And it's not our choice. Psalm 1 has lots of encouragement for you. If you're part of all kinds of crowds that are far from God, you can't do anything about it. Psalm 1's got loads of encouragement for you if that's you as a follower of Jesus. Or perhaps as a follower of Jesus, you're trying to influence a crowd that you're a part of uh, for Jesus. And that crowd's far from God, and you're trying to influence them for Jesus. Again, Psalm 1 has loads of encouragement for you, so listen on. But, you know, it's also possible, I've been, I was thinking about this a lot. Um, yeah, here we are. It's also possible uh, that you are, as, as Jesus' follower, you're part of a far from God crowd that you know is taking you away from Jesus. And, and you need to, and you could come out of that crowd. You could come out of it. You don't need to be there. Because that crowd is really damaging your life as a Christian. And you've got to think about that. And someone challenges us if that's our position. 
if there's a crowd we're part of and we don't need to be part of. It's not, it's not our family. It's not who we work with. It's a, and that crowd's leading us further and further away from Jesus. And we've got to be aware of that. And, and someone's like a warning bell, an alarm bell in our minds, if that's us today. And then, so we're, we started off here, and then we're getting further from Jesus, and we're getting further away from Jesus once again because we really are part of the far-from-God circle. When we adopt the most anti-God attitudes of far-from-God people, we scoff at God with the scoffers. Verse 1 says, sit in the company of the mockers. Now, if you read Proverbs 3 and 34, it makes it really clear that the mockers or the scoffers are the hardest people of all against God. They're the most unlikely people to humbly recognize they've got it wrong. They're the most unlikely people to, to repent, to turn from going their way and to go Jesus' way. They're the most unlikely people to say, Jesus, I trust in your death for me on the cross to wipe my life clean. Someone is part of a genre uh, of writing in the Bible that's called the wisdom literature. And what that means is that Psalm 1 is in the Bible to tell us the right way or the wise way to go in life and why that's the right way, why that's the wise way. And this Psalm warns us that if we want to be blessed, if we want to be blessed, then we are not to allow ourselves to be influenced <coughs> excuse me, by far from God company. And that's a warning, isn't it? I mean, that's a warning to young people. As a young person, choose your friends carefully. At uni, at school, at college, at tech, at work, choose your friends carefully. But it's not just a warning to young people, it's a warning to every single adult of any age. <clears throat> I mean, I've seen this over the years since I became a Christian. I've seen this so often. I've seen so often, sadly, so many people slip out of coming along to worship with God's people. I've seen that so often over the years. I've seen so many adults stop coming along to regularly fellowship with others on the Lord's day. I've seen so often Jesus' followers just drift further and further and further away from Jesus despite efforts to encourage them and make them part of things. And often it can be another person or another group or another priority that just slips in. And that priority in and of itself may not necessarily be a bad thing. It may not be. But Psalm 1 warns us. Psalm 1 warns us that just like a downhill skier, it is so easy to slip further and further down and away from God and His good influences on our lives. And so Psalm 1 charts this kind of downward spiral in somebody's life beginning with accepting the advice of far-from-God people in terms of how we live, and then identifying ourselves with the far-from-God crowd, and finally scoffing at God with the scoffers. A really dangerous place to be. So there is that regression in Psalm 1. There is that kind of downward spiral further and further and further away from the Lord Jesus. You can see a pattern here. A course of life is being set here, folks. That's what's happening. And it's a direction of life that is being set of carrying on going further and further and further downhill, further and further and further away from the Lord Jesus. And so, if you are Jesus' follower... And because of work, or because of family, or whatever it is, because of those things, 
you need to be and you should be amongst people who may influence you away from God, then please make sure you also place yourself amongst godly people who love Jesus and who will help you to keep getting closer and closer and closer away from to Jesus. We need that kind of counterbalance. If we must be influenced by people who are far from God, maybe through family or work or whatever, We've got to counterbalance that by having good Christian friends to fellowship with and to support us and pray for us who will keep us close to Jesus. That's so important. We've got to have that Christian support and fellowship and backup and prayer and love and kindness and accountability for somebody to come alongside you and say, well, how are you getting on as a Christian? How's it going for you? I know things are tough maybe in family or work or whatever, are you reading your Bible? Are you talking to Jesus in prayer? Are you, are you fellowshipping with others? How's it going as a Christian? We've got to have that counterbalance of good backup, of good support and fellowship from other believers. That's so important. Now, I very well understand these kinds of attractions. This used to be my life. I, I get it totally. No bother understanding this. There's lots of glitz. There's loads of attraction and living a life that just ignores God. There's, it's really attractive. <clears throat> I get that. And I get that especially because we are all sinners. And because we're sinners, it means that we have hearts that are naturally orientated away from God to go our own way, to go the wrong road that we mentioned to the boys and girls earlier. That's the way our hearts as sinners naturally want to go. So, a far-from-God life may look attractive to us. It may look sweet and appetizing. And I get that. I know it does. It's attractive to us as sinners. But here's the thing. Here's the rub. <coughs> Excuse me. I know only too well that tasty treats pile on the pounds, don't they? I mean, they're tasty. And I love them, as I've told you many times. But they can be a downfall for me. They make me pile on the pounds. And the bigger result for me then is a bigger, the end result for me then is a bigger waistline. And in a similar way, secondly, we see a here and now picture, uh, but not an eternal picture. I mean, our problem is that the far from God crowd seem to be often the in crowd. Now, I'll give you one example of this. So I've got a United story. I haven't mentioned them for a few weeks. I've got a United story for you this morning. So my team, Man United, I think they probably already have him signed, but they don't have him announced yet. A guy called Jaden Sancho. He plays out wide for Borussia Dortmund in the German League. He's a fantastic player. I think England should have played him far more in the Euros. But anyway, that's another story. And uh, so, so Jaden Sancho is an England international. He plays out wide as an attacker, as a forward. Uh, for Dortmund, and I think my team, Man United, have got him signed, but they haven't got him announced yet. Now, one of his teammates in the Borussia Dortmund team uh, is a guy called Erling Haaland. And Erling Haaland is possibly the best young striker in the whole world. He is fabulous. He's a brilliant player. Now, his dad, okay, his dad is called Alf Inge Haaland, right? So this, this best forward in the world, his dad is called Alf Inge Haaland. And his, and his dad has about 40,000 followers on Twitter. 
So for my team, Man United signed Jaden Sancho, as we think they've done. Holland's dad responded like this on Twitter, and he's got over 40,000 followers. And his son is probably the best striker, the best young striker in all the world. And Holland responded like this on Twitter with a swear word, and some of the letters starred out. You see, there he is. And he's, <clears throat> he's so influential. His son is the best young striker in the world. Every top team wants to sign him. And his dad swears on Twitter. And because he's got influence, people think that's all right. People think that's cool. And that's why Psalm 1 is so important for followers of Jesus, so important for Christians, because it helps us to see the here and now picture isn't the whole story. There is also a forever picture. And so Psalm 1 helps human beings like us see what we can't see on our own. The whole picture of life, the forever picture. Look at verse 4. Not so the wicked. Look at how they're described. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. The picture is of a threshing floor in ancient Israel. And when you were threshing corn, you threw it up into the air. And what happened was the substantial part of the corn, it fell back down on the threshing floor. But you see the bits that were no good, the husks, they just were were blown away in the wind. Only the nourishing grain was left behind. And someone tells us that the wicked, those who turn their backs on God, will be lost like the chaff. They will be blown away on the wind of God's judgment, lost forever. And that truth is reinforced in verse 5. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Therefore, the writer says, because of the chaff lives they have chosen. Therefore, says the writer, because they have chosen a life that's far from God. Therefore, because of that, they will meet God the judge. They will not have a leg to stand on on that day. Therefore, there will be no place for them with God's righteous, right with God people. That's the forever picture we often miss. In the severely limited here and now picture we see it's often, it often appears to be the people who have no living relationship with God who seem to be the people of substance, the cool people. The far from God people are often the admired people, like Helen's father. But when we have before us God's eternal picture, the day of judgment, it will reveal that the far from God chaff lies will ultimately be shown what they are, and that is without substance and without hope, because they are without Jesus. The Apostle Paul makes exactly the same point in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So can I say to you, if you follow Jesus, please don't long to be like the far from God people who seem to have it all, who seem to have it sussed. Because someone tells us theirs are chaff lies. And on the day of judgment, God will reveal them to be without substance and without hope because they are without Jesus. Kenny, you say, well, as I listen to what you say, actually, that's me. I'm living without Jesus. My life's a chaff life. If you realize that today, because God's speaking to you, If you yourself are living a chaff life, a life that's empty, because you don't have Jesus, then please see that. 
And please put your trust in Jesus for eternal meaning and eternal hope. Will you take that step today? And this leads on perfectly to this contrast between the chaff without God life and the life that's built on God and his eternal salvation. So thirdly, we need, to bring, we need God to bring us eternal uh, safety and true delight. What, what do people want most? They want two things. They want safety and they want delight. So, oh, so uh, on its own, safety is boring. Safety is boring on its own. It's a bit like a mortgage plan. Now, now I know mortgages are necessary, and they're solid, but they're a bit boring, aren't they? Excitement, on the other hand, and delight on its own without the safety, well, it, it can be dangerous, like an adrenaline rush of an F1 driver, where you're just a click of the fingers away from injury, even death, perhaps. So we need both of them. We need both safety and delight. And only knowing God through his son Jesus brings us both the safety and the delight. So we need God to bring us true delight. Verse 2 says, of the right with God person, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on God's law, on his law, day and night. Jesus' followers delight in his word. We meditate on it. We, we, we chew it over. We, we take all the goodness out of it. We, we, we savor it. And God brings his followers a depth of delight that is as different to anything the far-from-God world offers as a wooden shack infested by rats is different to a seven-star hotel. We need God to bring us true delight. I want to say, I want to say that if we, we go our lives without God, we might think it's great. It's no better than a wooden shack. Who would choose the wooden shack when you can have the seven-star hotel? I wouldn't. If we want true delight, we'll only find it by knowing God through Jesus. That's where, that's where we'll find true delight. We also need God to bring us the eternal safety. That's the other thing we long for. Verse 6, uh, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Notice the, the stark contrast. Eternal life for Jesus' followers, eternal lostness for those who turn their back on Jesus. Derek Kidner, who's written a brilliant commentary on this psalm, talks about it simply as the parting of the ways. Eternal safety or eternal lostness, the forever parting of the ways. So to put it very simply but vitally importantly, do you want a life that brings true delight? Yes, there'll be challenges if you follow Jesus. It's not, it's not a walk in the park. I'm not suggesting that for a minute. But do you want a life that brings true delight? Please see, we need God through his son Jesus to bring us true delight. That's the only way we can get it. No one and nowhere else can we find that only by trusting in the Lord Jesus. Don't settle for the wooden shack when you can have the seven-star hotel. Don't settle for it. And do you long to have eternal safety? Again, please see that nowhere else and that no one else can bring that eternal safety to you. Only a living relationship with God and that's only offered through his son, the Lord Jesus. Eternal safety, true delight, only comes by knowing God, by trusting in Jesus. You won't find it anywhere else, folks. And when we trust in God through his son, Jesus, to bring us true delight and eternal safety, as a result of that, as a result of God bringing us to know him, fourthly and finally, we discover that walking with God leads to beautiful, fruitful lives. Walking with God leads to beautiful, fruitful lives. 
We're back with the tree right in the very center of the psalm in verse 3. And this tree, well, well, let's just just, uh, read about it. That person, that right with God person, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. It's an idyllic scene. There's this tree. Picture it's a warm day. But it's planted by the streams of water. It's, It's getting up this nourishing water through its roots. It's being refreshed. And as it's refreshed, it's producing wonderful, succulent fruit. And once again, there's an eternal quality to this. Its leaf does not wither, verse 3 says. Here's somebody who produces a fruitful life, a life that's useful to God. Here are lives that are attractive to people who are on the wrong road because they show us all the kind of life that we were made to live, a life that's beautiful for, a life that's fruitful for Jesus. Folks, isn't this what we want as we close? Walking with God, not walking with the far-from-God world. Walking with God will lead to a fruitful life. It will lead to a life laden with qualities, laden with good things that really matter because those things come from God the grower. Don't we want that, really? Don't we also want to be walking with God, not the far from God world, that will lead to a useful to God life, living with God who made us and so living for how God has designed us to be? Don't we want that? And don't we also want to be walking with God and not walking with a far-from-God world that leads to a life that's attractive to people who are far from God? For such lives glow with the beauty of God himself. Don't we want those kind of lives? Psalm 1 tells us where we can find them. To choose to love and follow Jesus, the only way to God. Choose the right way. Not the wrong way. Choose the right way. For now and forever. And let's pray. Father, help us to choose the right way for now and forever by trusting in Jesus to bring us to you. And if we are on the right way, Lord, help us not to be enticed away by all the glitz and glamour of the far-from-God world around us, but help us to live lives that are beautiful for Jesus, attractive to others who don't know him, and a blessing to everyone we meet, that you will be glorified, that we will be satisfied in Jesus, and others will be attracted to Jesus through us. And Father, if we're on that wrong road, help us to see that, and humbly today, help us to trust in Jesus as the only way to lives that are delightful and fruitful and blessed by you now and forever. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Well, we need to choose to love Jesus and follow him. He is the only way to God. We need to build our lives on him. Let's keep our seats as we sing Cornerstone.
Well, folks, thanks so much for joining us today in person or online. It's been really great to have you with us. 
I uh, hope you found it to be a blessing. If you're in the booking house, it's to say, if you wait till others exit it, and then the, uh, the stewards will direct you as to when to exit just after I pronounce the benediction. Just keep your seats as they direct you. Let's just pray. Father, we pray that Jesus will be our cornerstone now and forever, that we will know that best life that only he can bring us in all the challenges that we face. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father who sent him, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, who helps us to say yes to Jesus, come off the right road and on to the right, off the wrong road and on to the right road, be with us all today and forevermore. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.